Hello, and welcome to episode 615 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, joined by Evan Silva and Mike Leone. We are on the fourth and final part of this four-part series to get you ready for your fantasy draft positionally. Evan, how's it going today? It's going great. Ready to talk about some tight ends. Tight end day. Leone, how's it going? It's going really well. Uh, excited to talk about tight ends. Got some uh, fun upside guys to talk about. Oh, baby. On today's show, we are doing part four of this four-part positional series. Each of these shows we have covered and am covering strategy for each position, who we're targeting, sleepers, busts, etc. Two things before we get into it here. First, please, please, please do not show up to your draft with some free rankings list or, God forbid, the default rankings in the applet. We have a team of roughly 10-plus people constantly working on the rankings, debating, discussing, minuscule changes. That's the kind of precision I think you need to win at your draft. If you sign up for DraftKit Pro or Bundle right now, you will get $10 to use on any DraftKings best ball contest. No strings attached, no deposit, nothing like that. Also, you guys know how I feel about sports betting. You have to get the best available line. Best part is that you can sign up for a bunch of books that you can line shop and you get paid to sign up for those books in the form of a sign-up bonus. We have offers by state up in the props tab on the site right now. Also, there's a $100 coupon available to use on any ETR product. Check that out also. All right, tight end position. I think it's important to start at the top here because Evan has a controversial take this year. He is well behind market on Travis Kelsey. And this is not Evan being a Travis Kelsey hater, by the way. Evan has been outspoken. Going back to even before Travis Kelsey broke out, I feel like Evan was the one that was pounding the table for Travis Kelsey's breakout before it happened. Evan was also high on Kelsey last year. The top, though, Evan, you are well behind market on Travis Kelsey now. I think he's going to go somewhere in the 6, 7, 8 range in most home leagues. Evan, I feel like you're out on that this year, and I think that's an important place to start because, you know, if you're sitting there with the 6th, 7th, or 8th pick, you're certainly going to have Travis Kelsey on your radar, Evan, so go ahead on the Kelsey stuff. Yeah, I mean, when you say I'm well behind market, I mean, I, st I still have – a player at a onesie position ranked in the first round. He's bouncing between numbers nine and 11 overall, depending on, you know, what little change I make, you know, on a given day. It's just that his ADP is like six. Uh, his ADP yeah, on fantasy pros right now, he's number five overall. So, you know, I, I'm going to let my opponent take a 34-year-old tight end at number five overall, and I'm going to be absolutely fine with that. If he makes it to me, which he isn't making it to me this year, I will absolutely take him at number 10 or 11. And But those are the little small margins that we have to deal with in the first round. Do I think that Travis Kelsey ultimately is going to have a really good season? Yes. However, there are, you know, nine or, or 10 players that I would rather take. Yeah, and I think that's totally fair for me. I think Kelsey's going to be fine to good I think if you think Patrick Mahomes gets there it's hard to see Travis Kelsey not getting there again this year obviously 34 year old tight end is very very scary structurally though Leone is the real problem I have with Kelsey it is harder to build a team that I like period when I start Kelsey first because I love having one of those top five running backs on my team and I love having elite wide receiver on my team and I don't have that when I go Kelsey first so structurally Leone what do you think about Kelsey in home leagues in the first round and in the top seven or so, I should say. 
Yeah, it's tough because part of me wants to really beat my opponents at tight end in a home league because I know I'm going to value draft better than them. Like if you listen to our wide receiver podcast, we have so many targets late, but I'm with you where if I'm on the clock, you know, even at, we, we have them ranked seventh, but even, you know, it's close. Like if I'm on the clock at pick seven, I think I'm going Bijan Robinson, like say for, say for archetype, younger type player, give me that running back. I know there's going to be running backs later that the market drafts way earlier than me. And then I'll take, you know, I've got some other tight ends that I want to target. So I do think more times than not, I'm letting Kelsey pass. Um, it just, you know, I'm with Evan. Like, you know, if I get him at the turn there, um, pick 10 or whatever. Yeah, but it seems like he's not making it past seven very often. And even right at seven is still like kind of a 50-50 decision for me. Okay. The other specific tight end we need to talk about is Mark Andrews because he goes in round three. You get a pretty big discount off Kelsey. You get a smaller projected target share, I think, for Mark Andrews, given they added Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman is coming back. However, you get a big upgrade in offensive coordinator. You get a big upgrade in pace. You get a big upgrade in projected passing rate. And so I really do like Mark Andrews in round three here. Half PPR isn't quite as good, I don't think. And obviously, his home league, not tight end premium. But yeah, I think Mark Andrews in round three is fine. And then you get into the Hawkinson debate. We've gotten, I mean, Hawkinson is getting steamed. We've gotten a bit behind on Hawkinson in home leagues. We have a 43 ADP on Hawkinson right now, which is very, very high. Evan, how do you feel about drafts where you end up landing on Andrews, Hawkinson types? I, I've gotten quite a bit of Mark Andrews, um, and I, I feel really good about that. If there's going to be a tight end that outscores uh, Travis Kelsey this year, I think it'll be Mark Andrews. I think that the... The Ravens run a, a real, they're going to run an explosive offense this year. We've already seen Mark Andrews outscore Travis Kelsey once. And I keep coming back to 2022 Mackey Award winner Brock Bowers, who was coached at the University of Georgia by Todd Monken. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, we, we know about Mark Andrews. This dude is an absolute beast down the seam. He can be a beast in, down, in, down uh, in scoring position. And I think the Ravers are going to score a lot of points this year. I actually have TJ Hawkinson in the same tier as him. But if you look at the top 150, there's a, there, there's a pretty large gap between Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. Um, I, you, you could even make an argument that I should have Mark Andrews in his own tier. I have Travis Kelsey in his own tier. And then you can make an argument that I, I should have Mark Andrews in his own tier. Um, but that's how I have him ranked right now. And um, I, I, I love Mark Andrews. Been getting a lot of him. Haven't been getting almost any TJ Hawkinson, though. Yeah, I mean, Hawkinson's going very high. Like I said, at least he has the volume that can compete with Kelsey. In other words, if we finish the year and TJ Hawkinson got nine targets per game, I would not be shocked at all. You know, for a lot of these other tight ends, like George Kittle is not getting nine targets per game. You know, Kyle Pitts is not getting nine targets. Game. Dallas Goddard's not getting nine targets. Game. At least TJ Hawkinson has the volume, but you do, do, do have to pay for it. Leonie, how do you think about tight ends through the middle range here when it gets to Hawkinson, Kittle, Waller types in the middle here? I typically find myself looking at other positions, but I do want, especially the smaller, like if it's a 10 team league, I want to prioritize tight end more and go for value later so yeah what do you think about these middle range of tight ends this year leone yeah i'm with you where you know like i said i'm probably deviating in the first six to eight rounds at either quarterback or tight end and trying to at least get one pretty elite onesie and 
at tight end, I'll take a Kyle Pitts or Darren Waller or Kittle ahead of, you know, a receiver we might have ranked earlier, just understanding how I can build. And if you go back and listen to the wide receiver podcast, I think that'll be more obvious what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. Uh, I wouldn't be, you know, surprised if Pitts fell a little bit more than his current home league ADP is like 64. But if I can get him in the seventh round at a certain point, you know, I'm really swinging for upside here, just understanding the depth in these leagues and the benches aren't like usually super big. And um, there's going to be enough firepower for me at other positions that I can take that swing, even though it's a little bit risky. So I still am clinging to Kyle Pitts a little bit. The price was outrageous last year by the end of draft season, but this year, it's a lot more palatable, and I do think the drop-off from – I think actually not the drop-off, the opposite. I think the improvement from Mariota, Desmond Ritters, maybe a little bit undervalued, like how bad Mariota was, especially in terms of pass attempts. Like they had, they called so many run plays, and then even of the pass plays, he took sacks, he scrambled a lot. With Ritter, I think they're going to call more plays per game. I think the pass rates can be a little bit higher, and I think more of the called passes are going to turn into pass attempts. So like you add those little things up, and there's a lot more volume available, and it's going to be him and London combining for like a 50% target share. So uh, I still think this ceiling is quite strong there. And we'll see if the Waller steam and sharper leagues extends to to home leagues, but he's someone who's rising a ton right now. Yeah, I, I massively prefer Darren Waller to Kyle Pitts. Um, I think there's definitely some risk that Arthur Smith just does not see Kyle Pitts the same way the rest of us do. And he only runs a route on like 60% of the dropbacks or something. And like, I think that's definitely in the range of outcomes. I know for a fact, Darren Waller is going to be the centerpiece of this Giants pass game. So I prefer Waller actually over Kittle. I prefer Waller over Pitts. Personally, you can go back and listen to Jimmy Kemsky podcast for more on Dallas Goddard here. I do want to say though, Evan, it's important to me at least to get one of the first nine tight ends. And that goes down to Goddard, Ingram, Fryermuth, and Joku. After that, I like some of these guys, but it starts to get a lot thinner and we'll talk about some of them. But I do think it's important to get one of those first nine. Do you agree there, Evan? Any thoughts on that Ingram, Fryermuth, and Joku range? I do really like that range. Um, but at the same time, I agree with you that prioritizing a top seven tight end, um, I, 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 pri- I do that personally. Okay. Um, at the same time, I see I've, I've mostly drafted best ball. So I end up like if I get Pat Fryermuth and David Njoku, like I'm feeling pretty good about that. In, in a home league, in a home league, I want to prioritize one of the top seven tight ends. That, that, yeah. That's that's what I would say, yeah. So I think the difference, a big difference for people who've been playing best ball is getting there on volume. In other words, I'm going to take three late round tight ends and hope one of them scores a touchdown each week for me. I think that's very viable in best ball. In managed, you can't do that. Obviously, you need to pick one each week. And it's going to be really hard if your tight end room is like, you know, Sam Laporta, Juwan Johnson, and Dalton Schultz. It's going to be really hard to get there each week trying to pick which one is the right one for you. Leone, how late would you let it go ideally before you got a tight end? Yeah, I guess I'll show late round tight end a little bit here and make the case for it. I think would be that like besides Kelsey last year, it just it didn't really matter too much at tight end outside of that. Like you had some huge spike weeks for George Kittle late, but it wasn't a good year altogether. And that 
all these guys seem like fun bets individually, but as, as a whole, the, the, the position fails more often than not. It's just kind of the nature of the position and you can stockpile premium assets at other positions that maybe um, that doesn't happen to as much. And I do think this is as bad as rookie tight ends are historically, that this is kind of a unique year where, uh, you know, I'll take Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave. I think these guys have a bit more upside than rookie tight ends historically. I particularly, I'm a bit of a homer here on Kincaid, but I'm really drinking the Kool-Aid recently, especially in a home league where there's going to be a viable tight end on waivers, right? So like take a swing on the upside. And if you're wrong on like Laporta or Kincaid, it's going to be pretty obvious early. And there's going to be a starting tight end that you can pick up that's going to be like fine on waivers. So I'm okay kind of really taking swings. And Kincaid in particular, you know, I'll take him over Dalton Schultz, Tyler Higby types who are kind of boring. Like give me that ceiling. I think it actually exists here with him and to a lesser extent Laporta and Musgrave late. Yeah, I think those are interesting takes on rookie tight end. The narrative is out there that rookie tight ends fail no matter what. I think you need to look at the exact situation that all these guys are in. Most time, rookie tight end doesn't play every snap like Luke Musgrave is going to. Most of the time, rookie tight end doesn't line up in the slot for Josh Allen and one of the most aggressive pass-happy teams in the entire league. And so I think it's a bit of an outlier for this year's rookie class. Evan, any sleepers or later round tight ends you want to mention for the people? Well, I would just say that the statements that you guys both made were supported by the pre-draft rhetoric surrounding the tight end class that this was a historic tight end year. And that was reflected in where the dudes were selected. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there were even guys selected in the second round that we haven't even, we haven't even really touched on. Um, what, what was the question? The, the sleepers? Yeah. Sleepers been late round tight ends for you that you like. I mean, Chig Aquanco has a mm-hmm. ton of, ton of talent and, um, I mean, he led all tight ends, all NFL tight ends in yards per route run last year at 3.26. That is an, an absolutely – a good number is like above two. This dude absolutely crushed it. It's just how many targets is he going to get in Tennessee, really run first offense? How many snaps is he going to play? Because I don't know if they necessarily see him as a full-time player. Um, see, I like Tyler Higby because the target competition is just so low with the Rams behind Cooper cup. And he's got that established rapport with Matthew Stafford. And I think the Rams are going to be bad. I mean, their, their defense is just a, a ragtag unit. Like normal people probably haven't even heard of anybody, but like Aaron yeah. Donald on their defense. 100%. Um, so I like those guys. And then um, see, I love Juwan Johnson. Uh, he showed big time playmaking ability last year. He's talked openly how, how he's so he feels so on the same page with Derek Carr. He's a converted wide receiver. Uh, Nick Underhill, the Saints beat writer, texted me the other day. Juwan Johnson might be the dude, and you know, it, and especially if this if, if the negative rhetoric about Michael Thomas is true, like I think Juwan Johnson could be the number two pass catcher for the Saints yeah. this year behind Chris Olave. Uh the mainstream media has picked up on Juwan Johnson. There's been articles in The Athletic, ESPN. The mainstream media is now on uh, Juwan Johnson for sure. You guys mentioned all the guys I was going to mention. Don Kincaid would be my favorite of the late round tight ends. I think people are like looking for reasons not to like Chig. I have an outrageous take that the reason people don't want to click Chig Aquanquo is because they can't say his name. And last year, they couldn't say Albert O's name either. And Albert O failed. And they're kind of like similar athletic prospects and i think that's why people don't want to click on chig i i think chig 
is a pretty good pick here. Agree with Evan on Higby. Agree on Juwan Johnson for sure. Um, so those would be my favorites there of the late round tight ends. Bus at tight ends, you know, it's hard. I think where George Kittle goes, and I don't want to say bad things about George Kittle because very few people can break the tight end position like George Kittle can, but he has a 50, 50. So like four or five turn ADP in home leagues does George Kittle. He's fighting for targets with some really good players. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. And I think it's going to be hard week to week consistency. You're going to eat a lot of like sub seven point games from George Kittle this year. You're also going to get a few 30 plus point games. And so weighing that, I think is something that you need to understand. Leone, you need busts for you at the tight end position. Maybe just like a macro bus take, but if you don't get one of those top seven tight ends, like all these sleepers we like, you're going to be able to get rounds 10 plus. So don't draft a tight end in the first nine rounds if you miss one of those top seven. And so there's guys that I like, but like ultimately I probably won't have a ton of Friar Muth, Njoku, Evan Ingram, just because I just think from a macro strategy take, like the opportunity cost there is a lot higher with some of the breakout wide receivers that go. And we have tight ends late that we, we like the breakout profiles for. I think it's a good point when you're drafting, you don't have to fill out your starting roster first, right? You can take a bench wide receiver. You can take a bench running back before you get to tight end. If you get in a bind here and you have to pass, on tight end. Evan, any busts for the people at the tight end position? I just think the most obvious one, the most obvious boom bust tight end is Kyle Pitts, you know, because we saw this guy, I mean, he won the Mackey award in college. He went for over a thousand yards as a rookie tight end. And then all of a sudden the bottom fell, fell out. Now there are like highlight reels on the internet of Marcus Mariota trying to throw the football to Kyle Pitts and just absolutely airmailing it. Mm -hmm. So maybe Desmond Ritter will be better than that. He probably, I mean, you can't be worse than that, right? So, but but at the same time, like, hey, if you think Drake London is going to be good and B. John Robinson is going to be good, you really think Kyle Pitts is going to be good too? Yes. I, I, Eight touchdowns for Kyle Pitts this year. I'm calling it. I think it's a fair. No, I, I'm I'm more with Evan than Leone on the Kyle Pitts stuff. I know it's a controversial subject. Well, I, I, will, I mean, I could also see Leone being right, you know, that, and yeah. that's why they're – I they're, think the Pitts the, thing is, like, you got to understand the bet you're making, which is, like, this is not a floor play. This is, like – right no rookie wide receiver goes for a thousand yards. We're going to bet on the talent and just kind of close our eyes a little bit and hope it's there at the end of the day. And exactly. I think that ceiling could pay off, but it also could be a repeat of last year, which is like, this dude is no better than like the tight end 14 on a week to week basis. And, and I think, um, yeah. And I think the point is like, uh, the opportunity cost is so much lower this year, you know, like last year you had to take around three on Kyle Pitts around four this year, you know, if he fails around eight, it's not going to completely sink your team. So if you want to make the bet, it's way more palatable this year for sure. I also want to say I do have Falcons 100 to one to win the Super Bowl. What could go wrong? And I have a ton. I have a ton on Arthur Smith, coach of the year, uh, the mustached man. So hopefully shout out, shout out to the days we thought Lamar Jackson might get traded to the Falcons. Yes, that was <laughs> what that Super Bowl bet was from. But still, <laughs> anyways, that is going to do it for this four-part series. We've had a lot of fun doing it. I think it was a good way to help us prepare for home league season and for you all to prepare for home league season as well. We'd really appreciate if you hit subscribe on YouTube and iTunes. It is indeed free. Maybe I can afford to fix the H on my establish the run on the sign behind me if you guys hit the uh, free subscribe I keep looking button. at it. It looks like a, um, a, a, a full colon. It's so frustrating. Okay. 
I cannot get the H to stay up. Anyways, for Evan, for Leone, for producer Luke, I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm -hmm.